Welcome to the Conversations with Christians Engage podcast. Hosted by Bunny Pounds, this podcast is created as part of our ministry to awaken, motivate, educate, and empower believers in Jesus Christ to pray for our nation and elected officials regularly, to vote in every election to impact our culture, and to help us engage our hearts in some form of civic education and involvement for the well-being of our nation. Please share this podcast and our ministry with your family and friends by asking them to take our pledge to pray, vote, and engage. They can take the pledge on our website at christiansengaged.org. We can all change America one heart at a time. We are here to serve you and empower you to be a leader in your community. Today we are joined by best-selling author and Messianic Jewish minister, Jonathan Kahn. In this conversation, Jonathan discusses his best-selling book, The Harbinger, which is our book club selection for July 2022. Hey, friends. I love this podcast because we get to talk to so many different people. I love Christians Engaged because we are a ministry bringing the body of Christ together in this time in history for such a time as this. Here's our mandate. Pray, vote, engage. Pray, vote, engage. We're just trademarking that right now. And we discovered that Billy Graham used to say this all the time, never was trademarked, but I feel like That's important because my name's Bunny. I was named after Billy Graham's daughter. And we have a mandate here in this nation to bring the body of Christ together and to give the church your marching orders for this hour of history. Now, one of the things we love to do is to listen to bring voices that you guys might not always be hearing from. You know, at our wake up conference last year, we had Governor Rick Perry, Ali Best Stuckey, James Robison, June Hunt. I mean, people that shouldn't even been in the same room together. This year, we've got Eric Metaxas, Dr. Robert Jeffers, Elizabeth Johnston, Will Ford, and Matt Lockett. You're like, what in the world? That doesn't even make any sense. But what I love to do is bring these voices together for you to hear different perspectives and hear things that you might not always hear. Some of you guys are political people like me, and you've been serving in government and politics, and you're like... I don't have time to read books. Well, let me go back to the return. Uh, a couple years ago, we had an amazing prayer rally on the on the National Mall in D.C., and a man spoke, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, and I have to say, I'm a busy, you know, political professional. I've run members of Congress's campaigns for 15 years and ran for Congress. I do not have time to read, but I love to read. And so I heard this man speak and just was blown away by him balancing the real judgment of God message with God's heart cry for mercy. I mean, he wants to have mercy on our nation. And I read The Harbinger. Now, I'm way behind the curve. Um, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn wrote The Harbinger back in 2011, or it was published, became an instant New York bestselling author. This man, I am honored to have him here, was named along with Billy Graham and Keith Green, one of my favorite people, one of the top 40 spiritual leaders in the last 40 years who's radically impacted the world. 
Rabbi Jonathan Kahn is a much sought after speaker and has been highlighted on so many religious broadcasts and news media. And we're going to discuss in our book club, The Harbinger and The Harbinger 2 and his movie, his documentary that just came out in May. So, Rabbi, it is so great to have you today. Great to be with you, Bunny. <laughs> well, I can't wait to get into your story. I know a lot of people know you around America, but a lot of people don't. Um, here you are, a, a Jewish young person, and you come to faith in Jesus. First of all, I want to get back to um, your father or someone. Is it your father that was a Holocaust survivor? And my father came. My father was born in Germany. He he grew up under Hitler, um, and when he was about. 50, about 16, his parents sent him out because a lot of the, the a lot of the Jewish children were sent out because the, the Jewish people had a sense of what was coming. And so they, they sent him out. So he escaped. Um, he, but he went through much of Hitler. This is probably 1938, 1939. So he just got out and um, he never saw his mother again. Um, but he, he was reunited with his father, my grandfather in America. Uh, but he was he went to uh, England and there they, they arrested all the Germans. So there were Jewish people, regular Jewish, uh, Jewish German people, and there were Nazis. They arrested them all together, put them on boats um, and shipped them to Canada, where they were put in prison as prisoners of war, um, even though they weren't, at least my father. Um, and then he gradually he, he was able to get out and get an education and became a scientist, met my mother, um, whose parents escaped the czar in Hitler in Russia uh, to not get killed. So when you're Jewish, you got to keep moving. So that's that's that is the background. Wow. So knowing that, what does being an American mean to you? I mean, that has to be an incredible thing for your, you and your family. Well, yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for America, I don't know that I would be alive because, you know, my father needed refuge, you know, um, and including, I mean, and even both of my, my mother's family and my father himself needed refuge. So, um, so I thank God for that. It, aside from freedom, uh, it was it was life, you know, and America became a refuge, the greatest refuge for the Jewish people um, in modern times. And the, I don't there's no accident that America has been blessed because God said, if you bless the Jewish people, you will be blessed. So it's no accident. The nation that most blessed the Jewish people has become the most blessed nation in the world. Amen. America has been an amazing ally for our friends in Israel. And we all know the incredible miracle that is the modern state of Israel. So you're a young Jewish man. You come to faith in Yeshua as your Messiah. How in the world did that happen? And how did that completely <laughs> change your perspective? Yeah, well, it was, I, I, I grew up in Hebrew school. I mean, I mean, I went to regular school, but I went to Hebrew school and I was taught about, you know, the, the prophets and God spoke and all these things in the Bible. And yet when I looked in the synagogue, I didn't see the presence of God. I didn't see God speaking. The, the rabbi never said, hey, God, God touched me today. He spoke to me. It just never happened. So it was a big disconnect. So one day I just questioned the whole thing. And it was like a house of cards. It's just because there was there was no one really who could tell me that, hey, they had a relationship with God. It was all kind of like, you know, um, it was kind of, you know, liturgy and ritual. And, you know, we knew we were Jewish, but didn't really know what that all meant. So I became an atheist. This is the age of eight. I became an atheist. Um, and, you know, I was that for a, a time. And then I, I started thinking more deeply and said, wait a minute, you know, there's got to be a reason. We can't exist for no reason. Everything has a, every, every effect has a cause, you know, so there has to be a reason behind our us existing. And so 
I said, let me, let me seek, you know, for truth. So I started getting books on science, on religion, on uh, the occult, on UFOs, on uh, philosophy, everything. And one day I picked up a book. I thought it was, I thought it was a UFO book. Um, it looked like it, but it was the late great planet earth by, by a man named Hal Lindsey. And it was all about prophecy and what the Bible said in ancient times is coming true today. And I, I had no idea of this. Nobody ever told me this. And I said, wow, you know, I, Israel coming back in the world. The Bible said it would happen. The Jewish people being scattered to the ends of the earth. The Bible said it would happen. You know, um, the Jerusalem being coming back to the Jewish. That's all. The Bible said it would happen. All these things. And so I started getting excited. I said, wow, this is amazing. I started telling my friends about it. My friends, I was winning my friends to the Lord, even though I wasn't saying I was winning them. I remember I was in high school and I had a speech class and I gave a speech on anti-prophecy. I'm preaching. I'm not saying, but I'm preaching, you know. So, you know, what happened was as time went on, you know, first it was like, hey, this is really cool. You know, it's the Bible and you have Nostradamus. And they said, wait a minute. No, it's only the Bible that nothing, not, nothing compares with this. Then it wasn't just the Bible. Then it's getting even more uh, focused. It's Jesus. It's this one, Yeshua. It's this man. Where are you with him? Because he's either the Messiah of your people or, he's, or, or not. And so I realized you know, he was. I looked at all the prophecies. We had, a, we had a, um, you know, Hebrew scriptures. We had the, the Bible, the Jewish Bible, as it's called. Uh, and I looked up and I saw it prophesied Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. I thought that was Catholic. Because how did that get into our Bible? You know, all these things. He would die for our sins. That's in Isaiah. So, so I knew what the truth was, but I didn't want to live it because I thought, you know, if I live it, I have to give up everything good, join a monastery, you know, and that's about it. So, so I didn't want to give my life to the Lord. So I, I made a deal with God. You know, I mean, I was living like a typical teenager. I had a rock band. I had all this stuff. And, and I said, and so I made a deal. I said, Lord, if you give me a long life, I will accept you when I'm on my deathbed. And that was my deal. And then, and then, so what happened is soon after I made that deal, I was almost killed twice. First time was a car accident. It was a, it was a miracle that I didn't get killed. The second time, um, I'm in a car, a Ford Pinto. They used to blow up. You know, you touch them the wrong way, they blew up. Um, and I'm heading to a train track at night. And the, 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 the people are crossing, but the light's going on. But the people are crossing. Oh, maybe the train left or maybe it's broken. Let me go up. So I'm going up, but there was no protection. People had been killed on the site. Um, and it's coming at an angle. And it was a rough road. I didn't even know where I was. And I'm looking. I see a light. Didn't look like it was moving. It was the train. Didn't look like it was moving because it was head on, coming head on. I was on the track. And so, I, you know, I didn't even realize where I, that I was where I was. And I, I said, you know what, to be safe, let me try to back up. So I start trying to back up, but now there are headlights in back of me. And I said, so I just backed up a little bit. I thought, okay, but I'm just being extra safe. I'm fine. I was still on the path of the train. The train came, plowed into the car. The car went up like aluminum foil. The only thing I could do was call out to God. And I called out to God as the car went up. The car was destroyed and I didn't get a scratch. So I said, okay, God, that was like strike two. That was close. I said, can we renegotiate? And so I said, I'll have a new deal. Uh, I'll accept you when I turn 20. Just, just give me that time. Don't kill me until then. And so I was 19 and I had about eight months. So on my 20th birthday, it was like a man who had a contract and I had to fulfill it. I, 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 I said, I gave, I gave my word to the Lord. So I have to do that. So I, 
I, I didn't know how to get saved. I mean, I was listening to Christian radio, but I, I remember from Hebrew school that God met Moses on a mountain, Elijah on a mountain. So I said, let me find a mountain. So I found a mountain. I went to the very top of the mountain and I kneeled down on a rock and gave my life to the Lord. And you see, you know, it says Jews need signs, you know, that, you know, to come. I needed a train. <laughs> so that, it's only because of that train that I'm saved today. That and how did it awesome. change my life? It changed everything. I love that God rescued you physically and spiritually. I like to say he captured my heart, you know, and I've never been the same, but what an amazing testimony. And I love that God used the Hal Lindsey book because really that's kind of your space right now. You're putting out these books in, you know, and people are buying them all over the country and they're reading things that they probably never would read any other way. Right. So Here you are pastoring um, Beth Israel Worship Center, which is one of the largest uh, Messianic congregations in the country in Wayne, New Jersey, and our own Andrew Tome. Some of you guys have met our awesome new chairman in Pennsylvania for Christians Engaged. Andrew was one of your associate pastors and counseling pastors there. But here you released this message about the harbinger. Go back to that. When was the moment that you knew okay, this goes beyond a message for my own congregation. This is for the country. How did that happen? Yeah, what happened was, first, I was standing at Ground Zero, and I saw an object, and it was this tree that had been struck down at at 9-11. And something said, you have to seek this out. There's something there you have to find. So I started looking in the Bible, and it it became the first puzzle piece of this ancient mystery. It kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's like the the next puzzle piece, whenever I needed the next, whatever the next thing was, it would just come. And finally, this, this revelation just came, and I I shared it with the congregation and everybody's saying this is this message has got to go on. It's got to go out to America. It's got to go out. to." I didn't do anything, though, really, for a while. And then one day I, you know, I always knew I was supposed to write books, but I never had the time being a pastor. um, You know, I never had the time. Uh, So I said, you know what? I have to do this. This will be it. It'll be the harbinger. It'll be this message. So I started writing. Um, and when I wrote it originally, totally nonfiction, and it is non, it is nonfiction. It's real. This is the mystery is real. But then as when I finished, I, it was like the Lord said, okay, now rewrite the whole thing. Give it a story because like, like the Lord used parables and he used things to, to, to get the word to more people. So I did. And when I wrote it like that, it just kind of basically wrote itself. I mean, it was, it was literally like writing itself. It was the easy thing I ever did. It wrote itself where I have a prophet, a man called the prophet, another man he's revealing these through these ancient seals, but the mystery is real. It's affecting America right now. So, um, so I did it and, you know, and then it was really a miracle. Um, the way it happened is that I, I finished the book. And the, and the, sorry about this, I'm learning how to operate technology here. Um, so I, as I, uh, I wrote the book and, and I, and I went on a plane, uh, to, I was heading out on a plane that week that I finished it. And this is what happened. A man at the airport turns to me, starts talking to me. And he says, you wrote a book. This book is of God and God is going to spread it across America and across the world. And it was actually through that man. It doesn't, you know, it's actually, it turned out that man had just been recently put in touch with Charisma, which is a book publishing company, uh, one of the largest Christian companies. And I get a, I get a contact from the president's report. heard about this thing called the Harbinger. We have no idea what it is, but we're interested. And that is how the Harbinger went forth to the world. It wasn't, I never went to any book publisher. I never went to any, anybody. It was God. It was totally the hand of God. 
What an amazing story. And for those of you who haven't read the book yet, you have to grab The Harbinger and The Harbinger 2. But this was released in 2011. Um, and it yeah, it's tracking 9-11, the terrorist tax, as a divine warning to the United States. You know, I, I wasn't familiar, sir, with the word harbinger, so I looked it up. A person or thing that announces or signals the approach of another, which is extremely compelling. Um, but really, you lay out this strong prophetic word to America related to ancient Israel and promises there. Um, and it it is amazing how you weave it together. And and I want to hear more about the Harbinger too as well. But, you know, we really, we have this word we throw around loosely in the church called prophetic, you know, this prophetic thing. Um, and there's a lot of yeah. people, you know, we, we talk to a multi-denominational audience, people that are from different um, spheres of the body of Christ. So I want to talk to you about this. Yeah. I mean, of course, there's biblical prophecy. But are there prophetic voices in our world today that are are hearing from the Lord and speaking out what he says? Could this be a prophetic word for our nation, I guess, is my question. Yeah. The, the, well, listen, it doesn't matter what denomination one is from. It doesn't matter. The point is this. We can, we can all agree that God is real. God speaks. God affects. God calls. And so certainly God would, God will speak to an age. He'll speak to a people. He'll have an answer. Um, and he's called us all to preach the gospel. And we have to speak to that. So prophetic really, I mean, is speaking forth the word of God and also speaking to the age, speaking to the moment, speaking to the hour that God, and certainly God leads. And listen, there are people who are, you know, may not be into anything about the gifts of the spirit or anything like that. They may be very much of different denominations, yet they can be prophetic because they are speaking to the time and it's God in them who is speaking. So certainly, I mean, I, you know, uh, you know, God speaks and, and, and listen, anybody who has a relationship with God knows that God speaks and also knows that God also gives signs in our life. He leads us and he, it says there'll be signs of us. So, so, you know, really the, the, the harbinger and the harbinger too, even though, you know, I just told you, I just told you a story about what happened at the airport. That was supernatural. Totally. But, but the harbinger itself is really showing what God already, God has given these templates, these, these patterns, these, these signs of national judgment. When a nation is in trouble, when a nation is falling from God, um, these are the, there are signs that warn that nation of judgment. And so what, what it's saying is in the last days of ancient Israel, that there were nine harbingers or nine signs of judgment that appeared in the land. And those same nine harbingers have now appeared on American soil. Some have appeared in New York City around where we are. Some appeared in Washington, D.C. Some involved objects, some involved presidents or leaders, some involved ceremonies. I mean, it's not like a general thing. It's exact, it's specific, it's uncanny, it's eerie. I mean, I mean, but it's all there. And so God knows how to speak. So it's unfolding. And the thing is, you know, uh, it came out in 2012, the Harbinger. Um, it has not stopped coming true. Because America is still following this course. Course, and and the the signs have continued to appear. So I always knew that you know one day I would have to I, I would need to write the sequel because the harbinger is the beginning of the signs of judgment. But then what happens after that? Well, we have been continually moving in this template. And what happened, Bunny, is that in 2019, at the end of the year, I'm praying. 
um, actually in September around there, I'm praying, Lord, what's the next book that you want me to write? And I had three books in my mind. I said, which one? And it's and I got back none of them. It's it's time to write the Harbinger two because the sequel because what's going to happen in this coming year, which is twenty was twenty twenty. Is there going to be great shakings coming on the land? It's going to be the continuation of this mystery of the harbinger. And you have to write that God's people will know what's happening and why it's happening and where it's going and how to be prepared. So what happened is I started writing it in January. I told my publisher exactly what happened. I started writing in January. And then two and a, by two and a half months later, this plague comes on the land and the beginning of shaking after shaking after shaking. It is all part of the mystery. It, it's amazing. I mean... I'm not going to ruin the book for you guys, but it is amazing to see what God says and how it relates to America. Um, Really amazing. And then, so you're talking about COVID. I mean, you're talking about all this stuff in Harbinger 2, and you talk about a mystery behind the Pentagon. Can you tell us just a little hint about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, in the Harbinger 2, what I'm there's kind of three part three realms. Well, first one is called the unrevealed. It's what I didn't reveal from the beginning because you know that started with 9-11, but it's still affecting us now. Second part's called the the manifestations. It's what's happened since, because there have been more harbingers since then. And the last part is called the coming, which is what's happening now, even up to COVID and where it's going. So that is from one of the original ones, which is the the uh called the unrevealed. And that's it. When when judgment comes on a nation, there's a particularly pat a pattern in the Bible that years before the nation's real, you know, destruction, there comes a warning in the form of a strike and an attack on the land. It's it's a temporary strike. And it happened with it happened in every case in the Bible. And then the nation's given a time period to come back to God. Well, with America, it was 9-11. And from 9-11 come all these nine harbingers. Uh, but one of the things that happens when God warns a nation is he 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 allows the powers of the nation to be struck. Well, one of the great powers of America is its military power, its superpower. Um, and that is all centered on the Pentagon. So what got struck on 9-11? The Pentagon. Well, the Pentagon was built at the very year when America began its rise to superpower. It's when it entered the Second World War, 1941, uh, quadrupled its military, rose to world power, and they built a building to, to, be, to house that power. That was the Pentagon. When, when, when did they build it? They, they built it in the summer. They met on the Potomac River. They broke ground. So when, when was it born? The Pentagon was born on 9-11. The Pentagon's birthday is September 11th. That, and, so, and so it all comes back. So 9-11, there's a reason. It all comes back to the place where it, where it began. It comes on the exact day. You know? And I'm just throwing this in, buddy. This is not even what I have. Is that what was the other great power? It's economic power. Where did that center? That always centered on New York City. When did New York City begin? When did that? New York City was founded by Henry Hudson on September 11th, 9-11. So both powers of America. And the warning is, the warning is, that all our blessings come from God. And if we turn away from God and turn against God, those blessings will crumble. Wow. I mean, wow, wow, wow. Okay. So you're, you guys, you need to get these books as you're going out to 4th of July. This is our books. We're, we're adding two books, Harbinger and Harbinger 2, for this month's book club. So you need to read both of them, and then we'll discuss it on our Facebook group and um, you're going to believe me, you're going to be discussing it around the r- water cooler. So um, what I love about this message, Rabbi, is that, you know, God is not just about giving signs of judgment just for the sake of, of giving signs. His heart. Will you just communicate 
our his heart for people for just a minute. And and really, is there any what is the burning message in your heart right now? I mean, you got a movie that came out in Jul- in uh, May. Guys, it was in uh, Fathom um, Events, did a whole movie, The Harbingers of Things to Come. So check that out. But what is the heart of God for America right now, Jonathan? Because, man, so many people are hopeless, and they just need to know that God cares, that he cares about what's happening. And I believe these signs are his heart speaking out for us to return to him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it's God is a God of mercy more than anything else. Uh, it's, you know, he, he judgment is what he has to do with evil, but his heart is what he, his desire is mercy. It says he's willing that none should perish. His heart is for salvation. I mean, this is the God who gives his life up on the cross so we could be saved. So these are warnings. You know, if there was no hope, there wouldn't be a warning. If there was no mercy, there wouldn't be a warning. What's the point? You know, so the, the warnings is God, God is calling to salvation. And number one, if you're listening, you know, and you're not born again, you're not, you're not, you don't know that you're saved. You need to be, it's not a hard thing, but you need to be because the only way people say, well, how can I be safe with all these things happening? The only way to be safe in the Hebrew, the word for safety is Yeshua. And Yeshua is the name of Jesus. So the the first thing is to get in him. Now, if you are in him, listen, uh, you know, to me, you know, this is not is not a thing which, you know, I, I see this and I say, oh, oh, no, I'll be scared. It's telling you that God is in control. God is in charge of everything. You know, when you look, you look at the culture, you look at what's happening, it looks like it's crazy and chaos. Well, there is craziness and there is chaos, but God is in charge of all of it. I just, you know, what we just, Buddy and I just spoke about, just, I just gave you, this is like one puzzle piece, which shows you, listen, on the exact day, well, everything, God has all things under control and and to the exact day. I mean, the harbinger is filled with that and, and um, it's a, because it's showing the sovereignty of God. So that's the other thing. You just want to make sure you're right with God. If you're right with God, you don't have to fear anything. And uh, if you're not right with God, his arms are open. So, so the other thing is that, you know, to me, it's exciting because, you know, even though we look at what's happening in the world, you know, think back at what was happening in the book of Acts. You know, we always say, I wish I could live in the book of Acts. Well, they didn't live in a Christian culture. They lived in a, a hostile culture, and yet they were the lights. So the thing is, if the dark's getting darker, that's our cue that it's time to get brighter. We are the lights of God. This is These are the days that produce the greatest testimonies, the greatest people, because the grays are disappearing, and that's okay. The grays are disappearing. The dark may be getting darker, but for the ones who stand with God, you're going to get brighter. Don't fear what is going on, because listen, if God didn't want you born at this time, you would have been born in the Middle Ages. He chose you for this hour. He chose you for this day. And if he chose you, he's going to anoint you. He's going to appoint you. He will empower you. You just have to stand for what is right. Do not, do not bend your knee. You know, you know, we say like, we sing a song. I don't know if you guys sing it out there, but the days of Elijah, great song. These are the days of Elijah. Well, if these are the days of Elijah, then that means we better be the Elijahs of the day because the days of Elijah were days where there was persecution, but Elijah stood, you know? And so we need to be like that. We need to say, you know, this is an honor. You know, Bunny, what is the most exciting part of a movie? The last 15 minutes. Well, God shows us for the last 15 minutes. What an honor. What a great honor that is. So listen, the, the, the call is go all out because, you know, you, we got one shot at this. Live the life God called you to live. If there's something in your life that shouldn't be, get it out now. If there's something that God is calling to you, never said yes, get it Get it right today. And God is going to bless you. He will anoint you. He, you will shine. There is, there is no greater honor than to stand with Jesus, stand with God 
in a time where it actually means something. You know, what everybody's saying they're Christian, it may not mean much, but now it means everything. And God, you have the honor, the privilege, you have the great a blessing of living at an hour to represent the king when it really means something. You know, the light in the daytime, you don't you barely see it, but the light at night lights up the world. God called you to be that light in the night and light up your world. That is awesome. I mean, this is what Christians Engage is all about, Jonathan, because we are here for such a time as this. We are a ministry of hope in a very dark moment. You know, everybody says, where is the hope? Where is the answers? Well, we are the answer, church. We are the answer. And you have the light inside of you. I mean, what an amazing miracle that we're even born again, right? That we know God. And, and we should be like so thankful and, and, and our whole world, everywhere we go should be transformed by walking with him, knowing him in the place of prayer, activating um, his presence wherever we go. And that's how we can change government, education, business, all of it um, by actually being in the hands and feet of Jesus. So that is the word. Um, what is the scripture that you point to right now that you feel is so critical in this moment? And then I want you to pray us out. I want you to pray over everybody as we leave this podcast. <laughs> okay. Um, and thank you, Bonnie. Um, and of course, I mean, you already said this, and I'm glad what you're what you're doing with all that you're doing there uh, is a tremendously important ministry, you know, um, that you're standing, you know, standing strong. We all have to stand strong. Um, and all these things we talked about are, are you know, the harbinger, harbinger are available everywhere. Um, but the word I have is, uh, I mean, the word that we had at the return and the word that is still a promise of God is Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their sinful ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. I've actually seen God do that. I've seen actually God change the history, the course of America, and the course of the world based on God's people taking this. So listen, the only hope America has is revival. I mean, all the other things are from that. But without that, there's nothing. We need revival desperately. You know, we are right now, You for those who are are reading or know the Harbinger are going to read it, you're going to see we're in a very critical time. This makes or breaks a nation. And the only thing that's going to save it is revival. So that's what we need to pray for as never before. And not only not we have to intercede, pray like the prophets prayed. But also, not just pray for revival, it's time to actually start living in revival. Because, you know, it's not just praying for... Listen, revival starts with you. And, and nobody can stop you from living in revival. And if they can't stop you, they can, that means revival starts. So let's, let's commit all of us to be living in revival. Not only praying for it, actually living the life. And you cannot go wrong. You're going to be blessed one way or the other. God's going to bless you no matter what. And, you know, the thing is that He honors, He will bring restoration. So why don't we pray for that? Um, and I'll, I'll be glad to pray. I can give you the blessing, but let's pray for that for everybody listening. Amen. I mean, I know my heart's burning right now, and this is what America needs, guys. We need to walk with Jesus every day, and He wants to create our hearts aflame with Him. So get the Harbinger, Harbinger 2, and then Jonathan, p- pray us out here. Pray for all these frontline warriors that listen to us and everybody on the front lines, <laughs> and for yes. everybody that just needs a touch from God and hope right now, and those that don't know Him would come to Jesus right now. Amen. 
Father, we just come before you and we ask your blessing on everybody who's listening, who's going to see this, Lord. Father, we ask your blessing on them, your hand upon them, Father. Lord, all of us, Father, we ask, Lord, uh, Lord, give us the power to live the life you called us to live for such a time as this. You placed us in your mother, our mother's womb for such a time as this, Lord. So we ask, Father, whatever it takes, Lord, we're saying yes. We're, 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 we're praying for revival in America. We're praying that your spirit touches this nation, that it would turn, Lord, Lord, the country, the cities, the, the heartland, the, the Washington, D.C., New York City, the, the youth, the children, the churches. Lord, we pray for revival, Father, no matter what it takes. And we're going to keep on praying. And But we ask, Lord, bring revival. We commit to revival in our own lives, Lord. Whatever we need to do, we're going to do it. Whatever we need to put out, we're going to put out of our lives. Whatever we need to put in, we're going to put in. And whatever we need to rise to, we're going to rise to it, Lord. We are committing to that this day. We are choosing revival. Lord, strengthen your people. I ask your anointing on all your people, Father. Uh, anoint, Lord, Bunny and this, this important ministry. Anoint all who are part of it. Anoint all who are listening. Every ministry that's represented right now, your hand, your anointing be upon them. And Father, I ask now your ancient blessing be upon your people right now, Father. I ask as you gave it, Lord, I give it to them. Yivarechecha Adonai vayishmarecha. Ya'er Adonai panavlecha vichunecha. Yisa Adonai panavlecha v'yasem locha shalom. The Lord bless you, child of God. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord pour out his grace upon you. The Lord God lift up the glory of his countenance upon you, his child, his servant, his chosen one. And the Lord give you shalom, life, fullness, peace, all the blessings of his love. B'shem Yeshua HaMashiach, in the name of Jesus, the Messiah, or HaOlam, the light of the world, Uchvod Yisrael, the glory of Israel, the Ari, Yahuda, and the lion of the tribe of Judah, in his holy name, amen. Amen. And those of you who don't know what shalom means, it's peace in the midst of chaos. And, you know, I love that scripture, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, because Israel was in the midst of a whole bunch of crisis when God spoke that. Sounds a little bit like today, and it gives us so much hope. Thank you, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn. You guys get Harbinger, Harbinger 2 um, for our book club this month. And also check out, we're releasing July 1st, our on-ramp to civic engagement seminar for the nation. We've taken a thousand people through that in Texas, and we're launching it with our friends at Intercessors for America. And we'll be announcing that on Life Today with James Robinson on July 5th. So check out our on-ramp to civic engagement seminar as we teach you about party politics, advocacy, how to walk with God in politics, but also how to share the gospel and be an intercessor in this hour of history. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Conversations with Christians Engaged. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't ever miss an episode. Also, please review it and share it with your friends. The easiest way to connect with us is to take the pledge on our website at christiansengaged.org. There you can sign up for our weekly prayer text, 
our bi-weekly emails, and our voting reminders. Christians Engaged is supported by individuals just like you. Would you consider helping us with a monthly donation or a one-time gift? You can do that quickly at christiansengaged.org. What does America need in this hour? America needs you. We are here to serve you and encourage you as you impact your communities. Let's be Christians engaged for the well-being of our nation.